Welcome to In the Club VIP, a Kansas Athletic Club production, striving for incremental improvement every day. All right, we are back with another episode of In the Club VIP. We are on Zoom call today. I got TJ with me. Yeah, what's, what's going on, today? guys? So going? we are going to uh, kind of start a new version of, um, or kind of introduce a new segment, I guess is what we can call this, of the podcast. And it's going to be movement-based. It's going to be very fitness-oriented. And this week, we are going to talk about the squat. It's perfect timing. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to start a squat cycle. Everybody loves Twan squat cycles. We PR all kinds of people left and right, right, T? How fun is a squat cycle? I Dude, mean, just like even coaching it, it's like the best environment. The attendance is up. The hype is up. The energy yep. is up. Man, it doesn't get much better than a squat cycle. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it uh, this year. I didn't Dude, do the last sure. one. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, right. You were doing other, you were doing other training at the time. So we, uh, we, we actually literally just talked about this a couple of days ago about how, uh, you know, the schedule is nice, the way that the Tuan cycle is set up and we'll get into this more next week on the podcast, but it's got more of a routine, you know, general CrossFit, the beauty in that is that you never know what's going to happen and what's, what you're going to be doing when you show up. But there is some nice, uh, you know, regularity with a squat cycle. You know what's coming. You know what days you need to bring it and what days you need to probably recover more. But that's a little bit more for next week. This week, we're going to get into what the squat movement is, why we do it, why it's functional, and, uh, you know, a little bit of maybe tips and tricks. We had the squat workshop just a few days ago. Great turnout. I was happy that uh, we had a lot of people show up to that. And uh, I hope some, some people took some good things away from that. So hopefully we can carry this podcast and get more people hitting big numbers. So let's start with the squat T. Why do we do it? Hey, man, it's the most, to me, it's the most functional movement that we do. Uh, basically, why we want you to squat and squat well is because we want you to be able to do it throughout the, the rest of your life. And uh, it's just the little things. If you can't get it up and down out of a chair or up and down off a toilet, you've lost kind of a quality of life. And uh, I think once you've lost that functional movement in your life, then obviously it's, it, it makes your life a lot worse. So um, this, this squat's super functional and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like I, you know, tell people all the time, you know, if anybody ever tells you, uh, you don't need to squat or you need to stop squatting, um, ask them, well, how do I get on and off the toilet? Do I have somebody help me? Do I need a, like a pulley system? How am I going to do that? Cause that's like the easiest thing because you got to do it at some point. Right. You know, so, you know, you can tell me, okay, you don't need to, to sit in your lazy boy and then stand up, you know, whatever you could constantly be walking around and then lay down for bed. But at some point, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and maybe that's too right. much information. But, you know, you got you to gotta do that. That's literally a life function. So you got to be able to get up and down and, and hopefully without all kinds of levers and pulleys, that'd just be annoying. So right. I, think, I think that plus it makes for some pretty badass Instagram stories, right? When you're hitting big, heavy squats. Maybe oh, not yeah. quite as much as the only lifts, but. I don't know, man. Hitting a back squat PR is uh it's probably up there with snatches. You know, you work so hard to get that, that incremental jump, that five pound PR, especially when you've been doing as long as I have, uh, we're, we're getting up to fractional PRs at this point and they are just, uh, they are so great. Cause it's, you know, you put in a lot of work. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into the points of performance. And I actually, I got my notes from the, the level one out. I'm nerding out a little bit. Plus it's also fun. I'm like, man, I wrote really nice during this. I, I must've really been paying attention. Well, so looking back, 
it's pretty simple. There's five points of performance that, that CrossFit level one instructional lays out. And you can mince this, you can argue this, but this is what I wrote down. And they're pretty hard to argue. So point one is that the spine and the pelvis have to be married together and they have to keep the spine neutral. So what does that mean to you, T? You, you never want the athlete to get overextended or, you know, or be tucked underneath. Oftentimes we'll say it's a butt wink. Uh, we want those yep. to stay married together because we want to keep tension and, and tension on that trunk uh, throughout that whole range of motion. So anytime we lose kind of that stable base, you, you'll see their, uh, their pelvis tuck underneath or they'll get really overextended and yeah, it makes them look like they have a big butt, but it's putting a lot of stress on the low back. So, <laughs> right. And that, that might be okay at lighter loads. It's not great, but, and it might be fine with body weight movements and you should have mobility like that, but under these loads, when we get into higher percentages and we're getting into heavier weights, that's when it becomes dangerous. So what's the, your example? I like the bucket of water example. Yeah. So, so basically um, kind of a good example that IQ is, so yeah, obviously the, if, if the pelvis is a buck of water, bucket of water we don't want to obviously tip forward or tip backward because then we're spilling out the water um, one of the best cues that I ever heard to maintain kind of a stable bucket of water so to speak is to think someone is pulling a rope in front of you pulling your knees forward and someone's behind you pulling your hips back at the same tension so basically what it's allowing you to do is to maintain that load or just in a, or even in your body weight to keep that midline in a perfect straight line over the center foot. And so I think uh, if you can kind of visualize someone, you know, two people playing tug of war with your hips and knees, um, but it's maintaining a tall torso position, uh, you ain't spilling your water and you're actually uh, not leaking out any power. So what does that mean? Bigger back squat. Big gains. And I actually like what you said with uh, the, the line, basically, because that's, that's step number two. And, and the way that they worded it in the level one is, is line of action. And that's like, it's a super like buzzword way of saying it. But basically, if I'm looking at you from the side, that barbell, no matter if you're doing an overhead squat, a front squat, a back squat, should be going straight up and down and should remain right over your toes in, in what in the sciencey term is the frontal plane. It should be yeah. literally going straight up and down like an elevator. If you have an elevator that's not going straight up and down, I don't want to ride that thing. <laughs> yeah, so. Pat, I, I think you could probably attest to this. Uh, often we come over and we fold our arms and we're staring at you while you're about to hit a lift. <laughs> we're not necessarily watching you. We're watching that bar path. It's easy to see that bar path. And we're looking for it to stay, it, it stay over those shoelaces. And so when you're squatting down or make sure, and it's easy to make corrections because we see where that bar starts to go over the toes a little bit more, or you start to get back a little mm -hmm. bit more. And that's allows us to correct it. It's not that we're just staring through your soul. We're actually trying to watch <laughs> bar path and, and, and see uh, some of your limitations so we can coach you on that. Um, and so you're not leaking power output is what we call it. Kind of the, Pat would say the, the nerdy sciencey terms. Exactly. And, and that's the, a great point too. You know, it's funny to watch a coach coach somebody because you almost look like you're pissed and I'll even like put my hands up and I'll like try to like block things out. And it's like, man, what is he doing? <laughs> he looks like an idiot. it's not that I'm like really like pissed or, you know, I'm, I'm like not even like, I'm trying to like block everybody else out. I'm just trying to like really like pick a spot where I can really see the barbell and make sure that your path is good. Cause maybe you're a really high level, high level lifter. And like, this is the one thing that's going to put you from, you know, your 95% to that 100% or from 100% to 105% and, and just get those gains that way. And even in more novice lifters, it's the same thing. It might be a little bit easier to spot, but that's going to make you going from 
oh man, I just, you know, in that front squat, it just keeps dumping forward. And I have a hard time getting that, that final stand up, you know, let's keep it in that frontal plane. Let's keep that bar moving straight up and down. It's going to make a world of difference. So next one, and I don't actually love the way it's worded. Next tip is weight in heels. And there's, this is where you can really argue a little bit. I don't know if I was just a lazy note taker and I didn't necessarily talk about the tripod foot and balance on the foot, but I kind of mentioned it in the last one where you have your weight equally in your heels as well as in your toes. And my only explanation for why it's written down as the cue of weight in heels is generally the common fault is to get your weight in your toes. So kind of, I guess maybe what, tell me what you're thinking about in your foot position when you set up to squat or really do anything, you know, lifting wise. Yeah. So, so for me, an easy visual is to try to keep all the weight in the center foot. And I always say just underneath your shoelaces, that way you're you're obviously you have a little bit of weight in your heels and you have a little bit of weight in the ball of your foot. And obviously your pinky, like you said, creating that tripod. Um, I think generally what we see is a lack of mobility and obviously we could dive into mobility. And I think your, your squat, um, clinic was awesome going through what people can do to correct some of their mechanic issues. Um, and I think oftentimes we see a lot of people squat on their toes. A lot of us sit in desk and, 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 and shorten range that, that hip flexor. And it's hard for them to get main or get depth or, um, get to that bottom position without having their heels kick up. So an easy cue is to try to tell them stay back in your heels and that forces them to stay back and, 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 and get that depth. Um, but I, like you said, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the wording of that. I think um, center foot would be a much more appropriate uh, verbiage on that. Right. And I, I completely agree. I think you need equal weight in your heels as you do in your big toe, as you do in your pinky toe, um, or just right below that. And I, I like to tell people, I think, you know, think if you were going to grip the ground with your hands, do that with your toes. And it seems weird to think, but it's remarkable the difference that it makes people will look at me and be like, Oh my gosh, that one, that felt way easier Two, like, you know, I was able to keep my core braced more. And it's like little things like that. You don't think I always like to tell people as well, your feet are the only thing that's connecting you with the ground right now. So if you don't Mm -hmm. have stable feet and maybe you're pushing more from one side than the other side, there's no way that you're going to use as much force as you possibly can to lift that weight, which is in, it's going to cause a problem at some point, whether it's your knees, your backs, your hip, something is going to go wrong if you're not using your feet effectively. Yeah. You know, you know, it's great that you said that it's because I've been saying this a ton lately. I feel like I've been saying this a lot. I'm like, can you imagine a tree with no roots? It would fall. It'd have no stability. And I'm like, you have to look at anything that we do in the gym, especially from a squat standpoint. If you don't have stable feet, you it's like it's like doing squats on a trampoline you're going to have no balance and you're going to be um, compensating all sorts of things and possibly leading to injury because we're not stable the second you start to effectively use your big toes to grab the ground you, you know you're you're using the balls of your feet to grip the your heels are maintaining contact with the floor and you're really trying to spread the floor with your feet i mean you start to see people's numbers you know, continue, continue to climb significantly just because they, all they had to do is you know correct their feet it's like you can't have a great house if you don't have a good foundation, right? And so Absolutely. I, I, think, uh, I think that's important. Feet are very important within the squat. It's like trying to stay balanced on a, on a boat dock. Like it's just not yeah. going to be as effective. Obviously, it's not quite as wavy, but it's still going to be difficult. So. But, but it can under load. Yeah, I mean, you right. see people going side to side trying to stand up weight. And it's, a lot of it's because their feet pronate and you know, turn mm-hmm. out. And, um, you know, we... I think, I think you and I, and I, I know Tuan and, and Nick and I, all our coaches really are pretty stickler with feet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I joke all the time. I'm like, I don't really have a thing for feet only when it comes to lifting. That's the only right. thing. Like, people are like, man, why are you talking about my feet so much? And I'm like, well, yeah, right. Important, right? <laughs> I'm not weird. Okay. It's a squat fetish, right? No, <laughs> yeah, right. We're trying to get bigger numbers here. We're not trying to be uh, creepy. Yeah, we're not trying to be weird. <laughs> so the fourth point, we'll just transition real awkwardly out of that. So fourth point is squatting below parallel. Now, this one's, uh, it's not controversial. I think you talk to almost any single um, lifting coach at almost any level, and they'll say, yeah, a good squat, you have to get below parallel. But what does that mean? I always heard hips below the crease of the knee. What about you, T? Hey, hey isn't that bad for your knees? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> no, drives me crazy. The yeah, the reason I say that is because, honestly, uh, if you were to break this down, and, and obviously a full range of motion squat is a, a lot less stressful on your knees than something to parallel. Basically, when you squat to parallel, you're putting a bunch of sheer force on the front side of your patella. Uh, patella. Um, but when you go through that range of motion, you're putting much more stress through your hip flexors, your ankles. Uh, your knees actually don't take um, near as much uh, of that load. Um, so it's actually safer to do. Um, and so, yeah, hip crease below the top of the knee is kind of how we coach it in CrossFit and We'll continue to coach it. Um, however, if you can't get uh, to that depth, obviously working on your mobility, uh, there, there is some requirements, right, to, uh, to hit that peak performance. And if you're limited by your mo mobility or, or motor control issues or anything like that, um, that's why we're here to help you. And Pat, I thought your squat clinic did a great job of working through just three movements that you could take literally like I don't I've been doing it every day that we squat it takes me like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. My squat feels a lot better whether I work through the ankle, the knee or the hip. So. Thanks. Dude. Thanks for the plug. Yeah. We'll, we'll be looking for more of those workshops. We're going to be trying to, to have those. I don't know if we'll have them on a regular schedule, but this one was, was big just because we had the, the squat cycle coming up. I knew we wanted to, to get that. And then just so many people, you know, need super easy things. If you didn't hear about it or weren't able to, to register for it, um, you know, hopefully by the next time we have one, we can maybe have more than 15 people or we can have a live version of it on, on Zoom or something like that to, to get more people involved. But um, yeah, so let's move on to the last one. The last one is probably the most, um, most commonly faulted cue, and that is the knees track in line with the toes. So <laughs> what is this? What do you see in this, T? Knees out, right? So <laughs> uh, that's an easy cue. Um, we, we often cue this because if we're cueing you on this, what we are experiencing as coaches is we're seeing what's called bulgous knee. Uh, basically when your adductors are overpowering your glutes, meaning that, you know, the outside of your glutes are not quite as strong as they should be. Um, and so your inner thigh muscles are pulling a little bit more powerfully, uh, in the squat. So you're, you're basically using your inner thighs to drive yourself up. But what's happening is your knees are no longer tracking over safely over the feet. They're over kind of thin air. Right. And so we're putting a lot of stress on your meniscus, your ACL, all that. Um, and so when we say knees out, no, we don't want you to look like you're trying to touch both sides of the wall so at, the, <laughs> at the gym and you're looking like you're trying to do weird splits or anything like that. Basically when we say knees out, it's just kind of a, a, a mental cue to you to keep driving those feet over the toes. Um, mm -hmm. so we could probably change up the cue on that. And Pat, you gave me a cue the other day. That's been incredibly helpful. And I think you told me my squat looks better uh, several times, which makes me feel good about myself. Uh, but you said, TJ, no longer think about just driving your knees out. You said, try to aim that knee for that second toe, that second toe to your next to your big toe. 
because I'm kind of one of those people that drive my knees really hard out and my squat mm-hmm. looks ugly. Uh, but I started to do that and I feel really strong. Um, and it doesn't force me because sometimes when I drive my knees out really hard, I kind of land on the sides of my feet and now I no longer have a full contact with the ground. Um, so that was a great cue. So more uh, oh, plugs you. for you, dude, man, you're, you're, you're <laughs> smart at what you do. Well, and I think that actually brings up a larger point too. Um, you know, you, you had probably been in your mind every time you squat, just kind of thinking drive knees out or at when you started maybe, you know, cause you've been doing this, you've been at it a long time. Um, but the fact that different people need different cues and everybody's going to need something a little bit different. And I think, I think what, what brings up a good point is just because, you know, I come up to you and say, Hey, I want you to think about driving your knees out more during the squat. If you try it a couple of times and you're like, man, that feels like crap. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, that doesn't even look really good either. We need to get on the same page about saying, okay, let's, let's find something different to think about because clearly that's just not working. Now I might say if, if, if you're like, man, that feels like crap, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, that looks like a great squat. I'm going to say, okay, give it a little bit of time. Let's see if we can build some comfort in that. But different cues are going to work different for everybody. The longer you're doing this and the more um, proficient you get at the squat, the more mature your squat gets, um, the more nitpicky you're going to have to get with yourself and with your cues and what you're thinking about. And, and it's funny, you have to really mentally figure out what's working best for you, not necessarily what's working for the best person that has the heaviest squat in the gym, because right. you're going to be different than them just as they're way different than, than you. So yeah, we're all anatomically built differently. Like everyone's exactly. structures are different. So, mm-hmm. you know, you see someone like Jess and her feet are pointing straight forward on a squat. And then you see someone like me who looks like I'm doing some kind of ballet movement because my feet are turned out so hard. We're correcting that. But a lot of it's, you know, my hips are probably shaped a little bit differently than Jess's. And, and I, you know, I might lack some different mobility and motor control. So yeah, everyone's a little well, bit, and that's we're all snowflakes, right, Pat? We're all that's right. We're all, everybody's <laughs> a little different. And that's a great point too with the squat. That's a, a really common question that we get um, is, hey, I've, I've always heard I need to turn my feet out and, and like, I don't know, like it, it feels better and I can squat lower. Um, so I'm going to do that. And for some people that's great. You know, that, that actually is the way that your hip structure is set up. There's a couple of quick tests. It's not exactly easy to explain on a podcast, so I'm not really going to dive into that. But if you're like, Hey, I do want to know like what's the best place for me to squat with my toes forward. Basically your hips are ball and socket joints and some people space a little more forward. Some people space a little more out, the more forward your ball and socket joints face, the more straightforward your toes are going to be when you squat. And then as wider it gets, the more wide your toes will need to turn out in order for those knees to track. So that that's really a big determiner. If you put your feet straight forward and you go down to squat and you go like halfway and you're like, man, I feel a pinch in my hips probably not supposed to squat with your toes straight forward. And that brings up TJ's point about how everybody is literally anatomically different. Like nobody's going to have the exact same hips. Hey, that'd be kind of a cool uh, video that we could shoot, Pat, is um, show them how to find out where they should put their feet. There's a a quick test that Pat would put you through um, that basically kind of shows you where, how your hips are shaped. um, And then it kind of shows you where you should be aiming your toes at what degree. Um, so you Definitely. have a better understanding because you might be trying to, you might think it's like this perfect squat means your feet are perfectly forward and you're trying to go straight down in the straight line and the great depth. Um, that not, might be the case with you. You might have to see where your hips actually are shaped and, and see how you can mm-hmm. um, squat more effectively for you. 
the game. No, that's a great spots. idea. We should, we should definitely fire up that video and we can send it out. And, and cause it's a real t easy screen that you can do as long as you got a place to sit and, uh, and a place to lay down, you can, and a buddy, just, you need a partner to, to help check you out. But um, it actually made me think of another point too, that although we are not perfectly symmetrical from side to side, a lot of times people will be like, yeah, if I turn this one foot out, it makes it way better. That's more of a red flag to me. Now, now yeah. there, there is a chance that yes, you might have one hip that's just shaped a little bit differently than the other, but I, I'm even a part of this too, where one foot tends to turn out quite a bit more. I know Jess, I worked with her about it and we, we, we argued a little bit, maybe that's maybe a little too harsh. We discussed whether it was correct or not, but we debated, we debated. <laughs> that's the right word. That's the right word. But no. And so if you notice when you're squatting that you're like, man, I have to turn this left foot way out in order to, to get it you know, to get to that full depth on the side without a pinching or something like that. That's kind of a red flag that you're like, okay, maybe I have something else going on. Might be the hip, might be the knee, might be the ankle, might be my back. You know, yeah. there's a lot of different places that it could be. So um, it, that might be might be the, it might be the sport you grew up playing, right? Because, you know, you, right. her, her foot turns out because that was her, what was it, her lead leg or her back leg in her gymnastic stance when, on her yeah, floor I think routine. Said back leg, yeah. If you grew up playing a sport that had uh, a lot of unilateral or one directional movement, like golf, like baseball, softball, gymnastics, where you're doing something very, very repetitively, you might have some changes and that's okay, but you're probably not going to have so much changes that there's like a 20 degree difference in your foot position. Yeah. So at that, yeah like you that said, red flag. Yes. And the, the second one, and we had, this actually came up today. Um, I'll, I'll call her out. Cause I know she's, she's, like one of the hardest workers, but Emily Hensley would start with her feet in a great position and during lifting would actually twist them to where they would go out. And that's another thing. It's like, you need to have that. And that kind of goes back to just the stable balanced foot position. There should not be any twisting where your feet actually move. You might feel like you're twisting your feet into the ground, like that corkscrew that we sometimes cue, but I don't like if, if you're actually moving, there's something, whether it's the ankles, knees, hips, whatever it is, um, that, that probably needs to be addressed in that sense. So sorry, Emily, I kind of took a shot at you. But. Well, well, let me, let me put you on the spot, Pat. So a, would, would that be something she could work towards keeping her feet going forward? Or would you, cause I was cueing her to start with her feet a little bit out. So we don't have this drastic turnout. Cause obviously she feels more comfortable at like a 45 degree angle or maybe not that hard, but like at a 20 degree angle, even though she starts at like an 11 degree angle and turns out. So I was like, hey, Hensley, start with your feet turned out and stay there. That way you're not having this, like we talked about, a, a tree with no roots. Now you have no base because you're just moving while moving load. What, yeah. what would you suggest on that? Yeah, so actually I would suggest checking to see where your hip angle is and then really digging the roots in on that movement. So basically getting to a point where you know, okay, I need to be probably in, you know, let's say a 15 degree toe out. So when I say 15 degree toe out, what I mean is if you put your feet in a straight line and you get, um, you know, like a compass or something that you can measure degrees in, you put that at your heel and your big toe is at zero. Okay. Now you open it up outside, not inside, outside to a 15 degree. And that's where your big toe sits. So it's not going to be a complete turnout. 15 degrees is about as much as anybody will actually need. And we'll see a lot of people that are going 45, 50, even more to where you're like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. It will open. And there are, there are different circumstances, but I do think that, um, you know, 
it's, it's, it's an easy way around it. So my thought would be, we need to check and see if she has ankle stiffness, if she's got hip stiffness, um, and really why the, like, why are we turning out in that movement? Okay, nice. I was gonna say, did you just allow them to finally use Y equals MX plus B in their adult life? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I threw a compass in there. Yeah, the protractor. Like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to use the word goniometer, and I don't know if anybody outside of, you know, no. physical therapists use that. It's our little plastic compass looking thing. So, I, I, yeah, people, oh, and we lost so many people right there. So, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't make me look bad because I'm not a doctor like you. I heard people turning off the podcast when I said goniometer. <laughs> but, well, awesome. But, I, I'm, I'm excited to get Ant on here and uh, kind of break down his squat cycle. I mean, what's our, what's our percentage of PRs? It's like 98%. And the people that don't PR on PR day is because they PR the week before. It's like ridiculous. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's, I, I remember the last one, I think it was last winter and we had, I, I think it was like a hundred percent of people that started the, the squat cycle and, and were able to like finish it out. We had some people that would go on vacation, things like that, but yeah, it was like a hundred percent. And I think it was a large percentage of the people that had PR the week before we were supposed to max. It just yeah. happened that it was just like one of those days they're like, well, I feel great. I feel I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw uh, this out into the, let me throw this out into the atmosphere. I will hit a 200 kilogram squat at the end of this back squat. That is 440 pounds. It'll be a lifetime PR and it's a lifetime goal of mine to hit that 200 keys. There you go. That's a good goal to have. Where, where were you at? Um, I don't know if we get, we'll probably test back squat here pretty Four, soon. 435. I missed 430 like three times. Okay. So I'm right All there. Right. So I'm right there. So I might eat my Wheaties that day. <laughs> or chipotle I'm, it's the same thing yeah basically chipotle for breakfast and lunch and then hit it that's right Let's go. but man i i'm trying to think the last because i i outside of the front squat pr that i hit recently i i, I haven't actually back squatted for a cycle in forever so i'm just gonna just see where the wind takes me on this one the old um, juco but i'll be try. there every day yeah give it the old juco try so <laughs> Thanks for stopping right, in with us, guys. Uh, look for next week's part two. We're going to get Tuan on. We're going to talk programming and maybe some, uh, some new things that might be coming up um, in the club. So you guys have a great day. Thanks for the listen. Let's go get those gains. Let's get it. Bye, guys. Thank you to all of our dedicated listeners out there. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review. Let us know how we're doing. We really appreciate that feedback, good or bad. If you're new to the show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for the name in the club VIP.